Xavier, I'd be rich if I had a dollar every time I heard someone say, man, I wish I knew 20 years ago what I know today about money. They need to be teaching about this stuff in school. Like the power of investing early. Compound interest. That alone would impact lives. Understanding and planning for taxes. Understanding the difference between both good debt and bad debt. Eric, what about all the stuff about money that business owners need to know? What kind of insurance should you be buying? The importance of contributing towards your retirement. They don't teach any of this stuff in school. Y'all sit back, get ready, because we are talking stuff about money they didn't teach you in school that you need to know. Welcome back to Stuff About Money. I'm Xavier Angel, Certified Financial Planner, and I am joined today by my co-host, Eric Garcia, Certified yes. Financial Planner. Yes, you How are you doing today, Eric? Me. You are joined by me. I'm doing well. I'm joining yeah. you today. Nah, look, we're together. I'm your wingman today. I went solo last time. You You did. I'm you not going to get started on why you, you abandoned, solo you last abandoned, time. You abandoned, <laughs> abandoned me. Well, look, I'm sorry for abandoning you. Okay. So, this is your show today. You got to make up for it. People don't want to hear from me. They want to hear from you. Perfect. Well, look, so today uh, we're going to have a our conversation is revolved around um, a topic that you and I were discussing on Monday, this past Monday. Yeah. So a daughter, Grace. Uh, she was given a call to sit on a mock jury. And I found it interesting that you would bring children between the ages of, I think the youngest one there was eight years old. Uh, the oldest was 13. Was it, a um, murder? was it a murder trial? It was not a murder trial. Drug trial? Nope. It, it actually had nothing to do with drugs, murders. It was based off of copyright infringement. Uh, and so she sat, uh, they went to this law firm, they sat down, the attorney presented their case. After they presented the case, then they went back and asked the children questions about what they thought. Was there anything that they would do different? Grace came back with some ideas and they actually decided to change some of their arguments based off of the feedback that they received from the children. So this was like a legitimate case. I, I, I would imagine details were, were scrubbed from the presentation, but this is a legitimate case that the attorneys were presenting to the kids to see if they could win. Absolutely. So the purpose behind this was they wanted to keep it simple, right? Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I think whether it's in the financial planning world, the, um, you know, legal field, um, accounting field, I think we make things too difficult. And so one of the things that they wanted to do was, be able to come to the table, mm. keep it simple, you know, fight their argument, being able to 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 keep it simple so that individuals understand rather than throwing all of this stuff out there that we always make it complicated. And you and I have gone back and forth with this as well when we're sitting down and we're doing these plans. Mm -hmm. It's how much do we throw out there at individuals? You know, you get these plans where you see they're 165 to 170 pages long. And this is what we give to people when we come, the industry gives to individuals when they're sitting down doing their planning. Mm. And how often is it mm -hmm. that someone will sit down and thumb through or read through each of those pages, that 165 to 170 pages? And so this is the topic that you and I have been going back and forth and discussing. How can we do something or present something that 
the average individual will look at, understand, and be able to move forward with that plan. Let me take a step back. Let me take a step back. And I think that there's this human nature. For some reason, we're, we're wired to think instinctively that something that is more complicated is better, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's more complicated has got to be better. Someone who understands something complicated has to be smarter. So we, we for some reason, are maybe drawn to complex strategies. So in the financial space, we're drawn to these complex financial strategies that have a lot of moving parts. And, and what's interesting is, if you look at the definition of simple, it's it's like very few moving parts, right? Mm-hmm. Complicated, a lot of moving parts. So if something has a lot of moving parts, it's got to be better. It's got to be more right. efficient. It's got to be uh, more uh, productive. And, and so what's interesting is in your example, these attorneys realize, hey, we're going to have a jury of, of like average people. They're, these are not law people. They're mm-hmm. not copyright people. They're not attorneys. I sat on a jury. And thankfully, we had two two civil attorneys. This was a um, criminal in criminal court, but we had two civil attorneys who worked in real estate, but understood the legalese. If it wasn't for them, man, all the stuff these attorneys were presenting to us was over our head. Right, and and so when you think of you think of an individual, Grace, twelve and a half years old, being able to sit down for two hours and and listen to this presentation. And actually come out of it and say she enjoyed it, mm. she learned something, and be able to, able to go back to the attorneys and say, "Hey, look, this is what I would do different. You know, these are this is this is how you should present it," and ask those attorneys questions. I love it. The twelve-year-old advising the attorneys on how to present their case, and it's probably it, this is probably like a multi-million-dollar case. <laughs> it it it's great though because like you just said you sat on you sat on a jury so and think luckily about that. you had two individuals sitting in there with you that that understood the law that you could go back and you could ask questions because you probably didn't understand half of the stuff that came through. So success for the attorney was winning the case. Okay, mm-hmm. the way that they were going to win the case was making it so simple that a kid could understand. It doesn't mean the case was simple. It means the attorney knows the the the, the attorney that's going to win is the one who can break it down in a way that is simple enough for a kid to understand. Mm-hmm. When a client hires me as a financial planner, they're not paying me for a plan. Yes, that's part of it. Okay, they're not paying me for a complex strategy, right? They want, there's something in their financial world that's just not right, that they recognize it's not right and they want to change it. And my ability to move them oftentimes, to get them to do something different, a change in their behavior, save when they're not, spend less than they are, um, meet with an attorney to draft a will, uh, have a conversation with their CPA about particular tax strategies, they're paying me to actual to actually help them have meaningful change in their financial world, not for a 150-page technical plan that they right. may or may not follow. Right. Because most people don't want to see six pages of numbers. You know, and we had a conversation where we were looking at um, a retirement strategy. And you start throwing all of these numbers out, just 10 to 12 pages of numbers. You're going to get bored. You don't know what those mean. And the numbers that could. You saying I bored you? 
Now, I think I was the one that bored you because I you brought did. it to you and told you to look at it. <laughs> yeah, you come to me and like, I don't want to see this. I, mean, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see 40 years out. I want to know that you look 40 years out, but I don't want right. to see 40 years out. <laughs> now, and, and you bring up a good thing there. Not a, It's not that you don't want to see 40 years out, but life happens yeah. over those 40 years. And so you could actually project a number today that could be less, it could be more, or it could be exactly on target to many, what you did Too today. many variables. It's too complicated. Right. There's too many moving parts. So how do you combat that? How do you come in and say, well, you know what? We're still planning for retirement at age, whatever it may be, let's say 60. And you're dealing with the 45-year-old. Yeah, easy. So too much in our space, financial planning has focused on the future, right? I, I told someone this the other day. I said, shame on our industry for turning financial advisors into retirement advisors. Retirement is retirement is a small and I would say it's probably these, one of the smallest pieces of what we do as financial planners. But yet our industry has painted this picture that financial advisors are nothing more than retirement advisors. Where should I put my retirement money? Yeah, that's part of it. But retirement for most people, especially for a lot of our clients who are younger business owners um, or younger individuals with high incomes that are that are man, retirement is so far away. There's so many variables that can happen between today and 20, 30 years from now. There's so many moving parts. It's so complicated to project 40 years out. So what we do is we ask the question of, yeah, I want to be here 20 years from now. Okay, cool. What What is in my power today to get me there? What do I have control over today? I don't have control over the stock market. I don't have control over interest rates. I don't have a control over who the president's going to be. I don't have control, total control over whether I keep my job or not. I don't have control of me getting this client versus that client to help my business grow. Hey, but I can control my savings. How my much spending, your savings? How much I borrow. Those, those are simple things today. So our, our challenge, the challenge, the work of the financial planner is to help you, the client, clarify where you want to go and then break it down into actual, simple steps that you can do today to get you to where you want to be tomorrow. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. So what, what I'm hearing from you is, and part of part of why I enjoy planning and and do, and and planning with clients is because it's not just something that we do one time it's ongoing we're consistently putting together a plan and altering that plan based off of what happens in life and yeah, so we're meeting with you on there's a regular basis input 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 from everywhere mm -hmm. right you don't have a kid right. today tomorrow you do 
mm-hmm. making 75,000 today, you're making 150 tomorrow. Yep. I may decide to retire at 50 or 55. And so now my whole plan changes. Okay. So it's that it's that ongoing financial plan and it's working with with us, working with clients on a regular basis so that we can make sure we're keeping up with everything that occurs in your life. I love it. Gosh, it's it's over 10 years now. It's over 10 years ago. I started collaborating with Dr. Matt Morris and, and some of you listening may, may be familiar. Dr. Matt and I had a podcast, Building Us, where we talked about money and relationships. And Matt and I, we were we decided that we wanted to educate counselors because Matt said, look, counselors don't know about money, but yet money is such a big problem in family systems and relationships. So let's let's go ahead and educate counselors so that when they encounter couples or individuals or families that have issues related to money, the counselors are a little bit more comfortable discussing it. We're not trying to make them financial advisors, but we want to kind of up their level in understanding about money. That's when I sat down and this is not new. These are not new necessarily. It's just my my words, my vernacular, my my way of explaining it came up with at the time, the four pillars of financial security. And to me, this is simple. This is how you simplify money. I don't care where you are in the financial spectrum, how much money you make, what your net worth is. It doesn't matter. Number one, you have to know where your money is and where it's going. You have to take account of your assets and your liability, the money in and the money out of your accounts. It's not that complicated, right? Sit down and you make an inventory of that. That's that's foundational. It's as simple as it gets. Did you run that by, by it, your it, kids to simplify? Run by my kids? Yeah, to simplify. So, you know, I might have. I might have run it by. I mean, that was a long time ago. I'll tell you a story about that in a second. Um. Uh, so fundamental to financial planning. I don't care what complicated strategies we need to do from an estate side, because I'm not saying that doesn't matter. I mean, that stuff matters. That's important. But that's not where you start. I mean, there, there's some basic stuff you need to do first, right? If you go meet with an attorney, the first thing they're going to send you home with is an inventory sheet of all your stuff. They want to know all your stuff, right? Um, you meet with an, a CPA, <laughs> CPA is not going to do your taxes unless you bring in all your documents for the year. That's some data that they need to know. And yet you go be with a financial planner. It's like, well, Xavier, where do you want to be 30 years from now? Let's just start saving uh, in, in a Roth IRA. Well, whoa, hold up. I need to know everything. So you need to know everything. Because if you don't know where your money's going, if you don't have control over your spending, how in the heck are you going to maximize saving for retirement? How are you going to maximize saving for your kid's college? How are you going to maximize starting that business that you want to start, whatever it is. So know where your money's worth going. The second thing was, man, now, now that you know where your money is and where it's going, let's be intentional and purposeful about planning where we want it to go. Right? You want to get out, you want to get out of debt, but you've never made a decision to actually put money towards your debt. You want to save to buy a rental property, but you've never actually made the decision to intentionally start saving for a down payment. You want to uh, hire an assistant in your business, but you've never intentionally started setting money aside to hire that assistant in your business so that you can do higher revenue generating work, right? So you got to plan, be intentional. It's simple. It's not that complicated. Now, our brains aren't wired that way. That's why it's so important to hire coaches, hire 
advisors, hire planners, people who are going to help you along the way. So that's it. Two foundational things. Know where your money is and where it's going and then plan where you want it to go. And then the third thing is squash debt. I mean, debt's an obstacle to building wealth, bottom line. I get it. If you're in real estate, leverage, but use other people's money. You're starting a business, use other people's money. I get that. I'm not saying don't do that. There's wisdom in how you use debt. That's like fire. Fire can be life-giving, right? You're cold, you start a fire, you cook your food, or fire can devastate people. And unfortunately, that might not be a good example to use now in light of of, of what's happened in Maui. Um, but we, we see um, the destructive nature of debt, but also the beneficial nature of debt. So use it wisely. So by coming in and putting together a plan, you can actually, I, I've, I've heard this topic coming or this term coming around that one page plan, right? Mm -hmm. And it keeps it simple because now everything that you've just said, I can put together a plan and bring it to you and say, here's where you want to be. These are your goals. This is what you want to accomplish. Here's how to get there. And I can do that on a, on one page as opposed to putting together 150 to 160 pages then because I'm addressing what your needs are. This reminds me of a story. I had a mentor of mine a long time ago. Uh, he said when he was young, a young financial advisor, he was trying to get the retirement plan for, a, at the time it was a publicly traded company. He was at a big firm. And he had a connection with the CFO. He was asked for their board meeting. And he said he walked in with a stack of paper. And for those of you not on... YouTube watching, I'm, I'm showing like two inches thick. It was like a thick stack of paper, actuarial tables. This is a long time ago. Fancy charts. CFO, CEO walks in, other board members walk in. They pick up the paper. They drop it on the desk. And they said, our next board meeting is next month, such and such a date. Don't show up unless you can fit this on one page of paper. Mm -hmm. the, dude was, the dude was scheduled to present this plan, this retirement plan, to this board of a publicly traded company. They kicked them out and said, don't come back unless you can fit this on one paper. Take the complicated, make it simple. Yeah. Show me, this is where I want to be. Tell me how to yep. get there. This is where I want to be. This is where I am. What do I need to do to get there? You talked about the one page financial plan. And the idea is this, this is what's important to me. Okay. This is where I am financially. These are the decisions that I need to be making now to get me there. And it's constantly changing, right? Because your objectives are changing. Your objectives are changing. The top part, what's important to me, never changes. What's my mm -hmm. what's my statement of financial purpose? What's what what do I value? I value time with my family, preferably traveling. Oh, okay, cool. All right. So that that becomes the north star, if you will, of your financial decisions. I want my kids to have opportunities that I didn't have when I was growing up. Oh, that's important. I need to know that because um, next time you want to buy. You know, a $150,000 electric Porsche, I'm going to say, hey, does that align with where you want to go? Does that align with giving your kids opportunities? It might, it might not. I don't know. Um, but that, that's what you're talking about, the financial plan. Let's simplify. Let's break it down. What's really right. important to me? Where am I? Let me take stock of everything that I have. And let me start planning intentional steps to get to where I want to be and remove the obstacles that are preventing me from getting there. I love it. Absolutely love it. No, I'm not, I, I don't want to oversimplify. I don't, 
let me back up and say, I'm not saying that this is simple and easy stuff. Well, finances are complicated. Financial markets are complicated. Right. And I don't think anybody is saying that you've, you're oversimplifying it, right? You're, you're just what we, what you are bringing to the table, you're bringing it, you're, you're simplifying it so that you're not coming up with, okay, you want to retire at age 65, 67. Here's how much you need to be putting together. Here's how it's going to, these are the returns that you're going to get. Um, and this is how much money you're going to have at age 65, 67. Example, the plan that we were taking a look at, if you remember, by age 67, there was, I think it was $25 million that would have been in the account. It was this huge number. And you and I both know they're not going to have that because there are other things going on that are going to take away from that amount of money. But a computer is only going to spit out. It, it doesn't take into what account in? the things that happen on a daily basis. Yeah, and that's the challenge with these. This this is why, this is why, financial planning is not an event. It's a process. The process of financial planning is as important as the plan itself. The process of me having a conversation with you, talking through your finances, talking through what's important to you, helping you start to make priority decisions on what you do with your money is far more important than me giving you a fancy report. I give you a report, and sometimes we do use the reports to, to support the advice that we're giving. I, I mean, there's some, there's some. We have to do, we have to do our work as financial planners. You know, we we live in the complicated. But what I'm saying is, the successful financial planners, the one who, the ones who are able to take this complicated situation up here, and then present it to you in a way that's easy for you to implement. If I ignore this and just give you easy steps, I don't know if, if it's good for you, right? I need I need to understand the complicated. I need to understand my industry, my business, my tools as good as anybody. And then I got to be able to communicate it to you as good as anybody. And that's what I think is so brilliant about this law firm and say, hey, if we can get kids to understand Right, it doesn't change this copyright law, which is fairly complicated. I imagine. I imagine the case is fairly complicated. Okay, but that doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. What matters is how is it interpreted? How's it being presented? How's it and being interpreted? Presented? Right and interpreted. So you, you talked about that. I run that stuff by my kids. I remember a long time ago, I was meeting with a client, and in the process of meeting with them, they asked me hey, I've got a 16-year-old and we're trying to teach them about money. You know, what What should we be doing? And my first thought was, oh my God, this is the blind leading the blind. Like, I'm trying to get you to understand these concepts and you want to teach these concepts to your kid and you don't understand them. And then it dawned on me that, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to present these concepts to my clients as though they're the 16 year old. So what I did was I said, Oh, Hey, let's break it down here. Here's three really good lessons to teach your kid. And it gave me the freedom to talk to them like a teenager to simplify the heck out of the concepts I was talking about that I'm trying to teach them to give them the words to go teach their teenager. 
So it kind of gave me permission to, to quote unquote, dumb down what I was trying to get them to do. I don't know if it worked or not, but again, the idea was, okay, what language would I use for it's the, um, I don't know. What, what do they say? Like newscasters, they, they deliver their news at a sixth grade education, right? For kids, the words that they use, the grammar that they use, the vocabulary that they use. I don't know if it's sixth grade, but it, but it is not a, it is not a, um, a master's degree level English. That, that reminds me on, um, it was either Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings. Remember, um, so one of the stations here in New Orleans, they, they used to had news for kids. Do you remember that? And they would have two or three kids uh, on there and the kids uh, would come in and, uh, and deliver, the, deliver news. the news. Yeah. Yeah. Great concept. So keeping it simple. I get an email once a week that takes the major kind of uh, event that's happening in the world and it's delivered to parents in using um, words and concepts so that parents can deliver to their kids. So it's, it's taking complicated situations and then making them simple. And I think, I think as you know, as we start to wrap up here, I think the, I mean, if there's anything I want you listeners to take away is financial plans, your financial plan does not need to be complicated. There might be complicated aspects to it, but I am regularly asked by clients about strategies. Oh, I've got a friend who's doing this and I want to do this. And I'm like, that's a great strategy. Okay. But there's some other things that we need to be doing first before we get there. There's some other boxes that need to be checked off first before we get here. You don't know your friend's situation. <laughs> you, you don't even know if this is appropriate for your friend. I always say all the time, be careful who you take your cues from. So there's some very simple foundation, fundamental things that we need to do first before we can layer in the more advanced, complicated strategies. But we got to start with the simple. We've got to start with the, the, the easy moving parts. Great stuff, Eric. Love the conversation today. Awesome. Y'all, thanks for taking time to listen. If this stuff is, is meaningful to you, if you're getting value from this, go ahead and share it with someone who you think needs to hear this message. And go ahead and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Information presented and discussed on the Stuff About Money podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute direct financial advice. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advisor prior to implementing any strategies discussed. Eric Garcia and Xavier Angel's branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Osaic Wealth Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC. A registered investment advisor. Osaic Wealth is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Osaic Wealth. Hey agents, listen to this, listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it, think of it, really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. 
and you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.